good morning, everyone. Well, it's actually afternoon. Wow. But um, yeah, it's definitely an honor just to be able to speak in front of all you guys. Um, definitely, for me, I can honestly say it feels like I'm just speaking to my family. You, know, it's, uh, you guys have made me feel welcomed here. You guys have uh, really opened up your hearts. I'm super grateful. And um, I just honestly want to give it up again for, uh, for Stevie for that communion. That was awesome. And the contribution, I look forward to reading that book. Yes. Uh, but I want to, today, what we're going to go through, actually, all three of us, is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, nice. And we're going to study out this chapter. The title that's been given to me is The Grace of God. And I've subtitled it, A Saving Grace. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 1. My first point is the gospel of God's grace. In verse 1 it says, Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, this is awesome. Paul here is reminding the church because, I mean, he says, I want to remind you. And obviously, when you remind someone of something, it's because they forgot. That didn't make sense. But um, he's telling them, well, what is it that you believe and come to hold firm to? It's the gospel, and this gospel is what saves you. Now, it's interesting because, um, I mean, we know what, we got to understand what's really going on. And the chapter before, I mean, there he's talking about worship, he's talking about church. And actually, it was a, an issue he was addressing that people were coming up trying to make church about having these cool gifts. You know, there's uh, speaking in tongues. There's having the gifts of healing, having miraculous powers, prophecy, and so on. And so here, we understand, okay, what is the real issue? You know, he's not telling them that, um, well, just to remind you, hey, this is what saves you, but... We got to understand in chapter 14, he's addressing the issue where the people were wanting to speak in tongues and getting all caught up in churchianity instead of true Christianity. And so what was going on when they when they were speaking in tongues, of course, speaking in tongues is another language. Right. And so when they were speaking in tongues, I mean, there's people that didn't understand but if there was an interpreter, it's like there, there's no use of speaking in another tongue when someone else, when you're giving thanks in a tongue, in a language, no one else can understand and say amen to your thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so what does he say? He says, I'd rather you prophesy and build up the church yeah. than speak in a tongue. Right. And so what ends up happening is because Paul is looking at the situation, is everyone, everyone's just caught up in the the. the wanting to be a part of a church that just has these cool gifts, he really reminds them that what is what saves you? It's not church, but it's the gospel. You know, because it's not your ability to speak in tongues. It's not your ability of just how, how 
awesome you, you, you can be or just these gifts that you have. But it's really the gospel and living on to it. But he also says if you hold firmly to the end, then that's what will save you. And today, what do we see is honestly, Christianity has been so twisted. Right. You know, because there's what we see is a, is a really a false gospel and just that you can either go to a church that's just next, you know, nearby. Right. And that's okay. You know, as long as you go to church or there's a belief where you can, you know, just go to find a church where, you know, the pastor will maybe make you feel better about your life. And that's, you know, that's where you kind of fit in, right? Or even a gospel that says you don't even have to have a, a church you go to, but just have a personal relationship with God to be spiritual, be a good moral person, and that's enough. But here it says we have to believe the gospel. We have to hold on to it, and we have to take it to the very end. Amen? And so we understand even... Just having a personal relationship with God without the church, that doesn't even make sense. Because Jesus, in John 13, 34 and 35, he says, If you love one another, all men will know that you are my disciples. And how can you love one another without the one another, right? Yes. We need to really hold on to the scriptures. And so, I mean, even Jesus, when he was saying that, he was talking to his disciples. You know, he's telling him, hey, you disciples, love one another. Don't. It's not about being a nice person. It's not about being the best moral person you can be. But it's about holding on to the scriptures. And every time, I mean, when you think about it, when you read the Bible, what do you hear? It's you got to hear the gospel, believe it, obey it, and stick it out to the end. Amen? Amen. And so we got to understand, okay, what is church really about? If uh, we go one chapter before Starting in verse 23 of chapter 14. It says, So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and some who do not understand or some believers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever comes, or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Mm. Now, you remember that feeling when you, when you first came to church? Yeah. And you noticed everyone's really nice. Yeah. But not only that, they like to hug you. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of awkward. I mean, if you're not used to hugs, it's like a little too much. <laughs> but not only that, they talk to you. I mean, I wasn't really used to going to church and people talking to me. Uh, growing up, I was used to the most excitement I had as a kid in a church was, you know, the moment where you would stand up, you would greet your neighbor, all you do is give a handshake. And I was a kid, I was like, man, this is cool. We get to, like, just shake hands with adults. But that was, uh, that was the most excitement I got growing up, going to church. But it's awesome because... I mean, when you come to church, it's not, especially when you're in a room full of disciples, it's different. Yeah. You know, you really see the love, you feel the love, and you, you feel like you're in a family. Right. And, you know, you're, for the most part, we're all used to going to church and no one noticing you came in and no one notices you go out. Yeah. You know, you don't, sometimes you don't even know what the pastor said. But maybe you might even leave 
knowing something, knowing a little more, you might even leave a little more confused about life. But we see biblical church, what does it say? It's where where there's people on fire for Jesus. That it says the unbeliever is convinced when he comes in, he's like, man, he's convinced by all that he's a sinner. And the difference, it says, what is the difference really between a believer and an unbeliever? You know, one, as we know, as disciples, our life is a mess without Jesus. And so the, believe, the unbeliever, they come in and it's like, man, they, they realize they're a mess and they need Jesus. But thank God, I mean, we get to have Jesus. Amen. Even though our life is a mess, it's awesome because we have hope in the gospel that saves us. And so, what does it say? It says, the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. And he falls down and exclaims, God is really among you. You know, and then like the 3,000 in the day of Pentecost, he comes up to you and you're like, and, uh, and they ask, man, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do? My life is a mess. I need Jesus. And of course, we go with a sometimes awkward smile. And you just tell them like, hey, I want to study the Bible with you. <laughs> And there, then you start studying the Bible and what happens is the, the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. For the first time in their life, they see the truth about their life. And when they understand that their sins put Jesus on the cross, they believe it. They make a decision to repent and they get baptized. It says, if you believe it, you will be saved and you got to stick it out to the end. Mm-hmm. And so we understand that this is the gospel that says it's not about church. You know, we can come to church, we can put a facade, we can make a, put a face on, but we got to personally make a decision to live out the gospel. Yeah. And it's something that we have to stick out and we have to hold on firmly to the very end. It says, otherwise you have believed in vain. You know, this is, I mean, it's really intense just to think like, otherwise we're just wasting our time here. And he says, what do we need to do? We got to take the gospel and not just live it out, but go and preach it out. Amen. Yeah, bro. And so now I want to jump on to verse nine. And we're going to go into a second point, a motivating grace. In verse nine, he says, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you have believed. So the the truth is, none of us deserve to be here. None of us deserve to be disciples. But... Don't let that t- don't let anyone take that away from you. Yeah, right. In the end, like you can take the, the Bible talk leader, the, the title, the church leader title, but in the end, something that no one can take away from you is just being a disciple. Right. And so here, what does he say? It's like, well, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle, but I am what I am. You know, you give me a title, then that's fine. But I'm gonna be motivated by the grace of God to work harder than everyone. I'm going to be motivated by the grace of God to give all of my heart to God because God's grace, it says, was not without effect to me. 
And I want to throw this out there. You know, we, we can't have a false humility. Yeah. I know for myself, I, it took me a while to understand this, but I, I struggled with it. Like to think that, you know, I'll, I'll just be in the back. Like if anyone wants to, if anyone needs me, like, uh, you know, I'm here ready to serve, willing to serve. But uh, I wasn't taking an initiative to give my heart and to serve. And it's awesome because here, I mean, he says the grace of God was not without effect. Like I understood my life was a mess. So, man, God calling me, allowing me to be in his church, allowing me to be a disciple. I'm going to give all that I have. And, you know, we can't just be in the back, not taking an initiative, but we got to take an initiative to be revolutionaries for Jesus. Come on. You know, because Jesus wasn't just, you know, kind of walking around like, yeah, I'm the son of God. Like, you know, it's no big deal. And like, he wasn't going around thinking he wasn't going to change people's lives. Everyone he came in contact with, he radically changed their lives and he moved them to do something. And so... What do we need to have is a true humility like Jesus where we say, here am I, send me. Come on, bro. You know, we got to put chairs together in the church. Here am I, send me. Right. You know, we got to take care of some kids. Well, here am I, send me. And we got to let the grace of God motivate us because we want to take an initiative to advance God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. And in the end, because we're not looking for our own glory, we're not looking to lift ourselves up. What do we get to say? Yeah, I worked harder than everyone. I worked hard, but it wasn't even me. It was the grace of God yeah. that's in me. Wow. And guys, real quick, I just want to end off with uh, some lyrics. Uh, a song that I really like. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a song by Tracy Chapman. And uh, the song is called Talking About a Revolution. And he says, don't you know they're talking about a revolution? It sounds like a whisper. Don't you know they're talking about a revolution? It sounds like a whisper. While they're standing in the warfare lines, crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around waiting for a promotion. Don't you know they're talking about a revolution? It sounds like a whisper. Poor people are going to rise up and get their share. Poor people are going to rise up and take what's theirs. Don't you know you better run, 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 run. I said you better run, 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 run. Because finally the tables are starting to turn. Talking about a revolution. Yes, finally the tables are starting to turn. Talking about a revolution. Oh no, talking about a revolution. Oh, I've been standing in the welfare lines crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation. Wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around waiting for a promotion. Don't you know they're talking about a revolution? It sounds like a whisper. And finally, the tables are starting to turn, talking about a revolution. Yes, finally, the tables are starting to turn, talking about a revolution. And guys, for us, I simply have just two, cha two challenges uh, and inspirations, however you want to take it. <laughs> but simply, one is just hold on to the gospel and don't let it go. You know, because this is what we got and this is what's going to save us in the end. That's right, right. And run the race motivated by God's grace. Amen? Amen. That's all that I got. Woo!